Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Saints Hour. Mike Hoss, along with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis. And as we've talked about, unfortunately, this year before, these are challenging times uh, for the organization and for the fan base because nobody's really been here before. It's been a long, long time, 25 years uh, since three and seven. So, and Dennis talked about this yesterday. And I know you're going to agree. It's just, it's not the standard that the organization, the players, coaches, and everybody really has set and are used to, correct? Yeah, obviously um, we had higher expectations in terms of the record and we haven't met that. So yeah, absolutely. This is uh unfamiliar territory in some respects um and look discouraging in some areas uh but there are areas of encouragement as well that was the other thing is that we didn't you know didn't see it coming you know training camp and and everything with off season and again there's still seven games we're not it's not like everything is over but it wasn't like some teams that are rebuilding and you're clearly in that mode. This was a training camp where I think there were a lot of high expectations and still, again, still can be. I'm not trying to write anything off. Well, we're fortunate in that uh, no one's run away with our division. So we do have, um, you know, we do have a division that we we, we are still in play for. So um, we have to keep that in mind. But, uh, yeah, I agree. Listen, we, we came into this season feeling like we had a, uh, um, a championship-level defense and that we had some things on offense that we could do, and and uh, and uh, that just you know I would say we haven't lived up to expectations in either area. Has part of the difficulty, not necessarily of of the wins and losses, but just that the narrative has been somewhat similar when you just kind of look at the losses, and that's turnovers, uh, inability to get them in third down, time of possession, get off the field. It just feels like. Now, the, the victories are completely different, but when it's a, the loss, the narrative seems similar. Yeah, I, I, look, I feel like a couple things. Look, the turnover, we just can't ignore the turnover-takeaway ratio. We just can't ignore it. That, you know, that's the number one stat relative to winning and losing in football. And, and, and uh, you know, we've just not been very good. We haven't been very good at takeaways, and we haven't been uh, very good in terms of, of the number of times we've turned it over. Um, 
and it's not like one thing. It's you know, it's 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 um, uh, you know, it's an interception here. It's a deflection. It's it's uh, you know, unlucky uh, uh, on you know maybe a fumble recovery. And so it, it's been a lot of different things. It's not just one thing, and and it's cost us. Um, it's cost us a chance to win a number of games, and it's going to cost us. It's going to cost any team if you're not if you're not uh, producing takeaways and and uh, limiting turnovers, then you're going to have difficulty winning games, and that's that's where we're at. I would say, you know, the penalties um, the penalties have hurt us, and the, and and more. That's more about the timeliness and um, where the penalties are occurring as opposed to just the volume. And it's frustrating from our standpoint. It's frustrating because you feel like there's some inconsistencies. Um, But but look, a lot of these penalties are on us. Um, You know, we've got to do a better job in terms of of limiting that, and we we just haven't done that. On the other side of the equation, look, we've done some really good things, you know, offensively and defensively at times. And and so um, we see flashes of, of the team we expected. And yet, it's just been too inconsistent to produce victories. And the penalties had been, from a numerical standpoint, had been lower the last few games. But if you just look at the Pittsburgh game, and as you talked about, it's not necessarily, I mean, it is kind of the volume, but it's more of what they impacted. So offensively, the penalties really put you in poor field position early, just just the offensive penalties. And the defensive penalties gave them six first downs and that led to long drives and time of possession and third down conversions and I mean it's, so it's it is volume but it, as you talked about it's it's kind of what those penalties allowed. Yeah, and, and look, I think that the, the the ones that are really difficult to swallow are penalties on third down when you've made a stop and you have a penalty, oftentimes completely away from the play, um, that give the other team a first down when you have them off the field. Um, you know that that that's happened too often uh, to us, and look, we can dispute some of the calls, but but some of them are right, uh, um, and that's an area that we we've, we've just got to be better in. Coach Allen talked about a sense of urgency, which is not like it's 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 week eleven and that's been around. It's, it, it's been around the camp, but what does that mean? What he talked about was you got to change the way you're doing things. If you really want different results, because if not, if you're just going to do the same thing and expect different results, I mean, is what what does that mean to you uh, from an administration standpoint? Like a sense of urgency and and what this week means uh, from the players and coaches and the administration. Yeah, I, I think look, I think it it it's about you know paying attention to details, uh, details in practice, practicing hard, playing hard, and and really look, I think our team has played hard. I think our effort level has been. Um, has been more than good enough. We're not, you know, I don't see uh, players or coaches or anyone uh, uh, in our building who's quit and given up on the season. That's that's just not in the DNA of our building. Um, we need to get some players back in terms of injury. We just look. This has been, um, uh, you know, one of the one of the seasons where we've had where we've had a lot of injuries at key positions. Um, some of our core players that, that contributors have had had injuries and not been able to play and. And so we've got to we've got to you know overcome that. Um, you know, it's one thing for next man up, but it's quite another thing when it's not the next man, but it's the man after that right. that needs to step up. And so, um, but that's that's the nature of our game. You know, that's the nature of our business. And so we have to find ways to overcome that. Um, and you do that through preparation. 
uh, number one, and then have an energy on game day. And, and I do think our players have had energy on game day. I think they've played hard. Uh, but we just got to keep, you know, we got to keep at it. We'll talk more with Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis after this timeout on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We are talking with Saints Executive and Vice President General Manager Mickey Loomis, the Saints and the Rams, Sunday at noon here in the Superdome. And, you know, no one expected three and seven and, and three and six, and they've had their share of injuries. When you look at this game, first of all, I guess I want to talk about the defense from Sunday and six sacks. Um, you know, th- that was impressive. Following it, four sacks, which was the high for the season. In, with Vegas, and then six, which is your season high uh, against Pittsburgh. So, as you talked about earlier, there have been some positive things, just not always happening at the same time. Getting the sacks was, uh, you know, impact plays in games, and you know it's important to get those. It's important to put pressure on the quarterback, you know, on first and second down. I, I think that's an area that we haven't been as good this year as we've been in the past. Um, and then, obviously, you know, when you when you get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, those turn into sacks. Um, I think, I think. look, I think a lot of the guys that have played in the back end, the corners that have had to step up and play have done a good job. Uh, so, I, you know, there are some bright spots, but um, they're just bright spots. They're not, you know, putting it all together and turning that into uh, uh, wins, and that's what we need to be able to do. And we talked earlier about the turnover situation, and it was on full display last night. Philadelphia had only had three giveaways through eight games. They have four last night against Washington, whom they were 11-point favorites, and and you know suffer their first loss. I mean, it's it's not a Saints stat; it's a football stat. Right. Yeah. That's, listen. That's um, again, I, as I mentioned before, it's the number one stat relative to winning and losing, and and um, we haven't been good in that area. Juwan Johnson's had a couple of touchdowns uh, the last couple of weeks. We had Dan Roshar on the Saints Coaches Show last night. And he talked about how he's become such a better blocker. He understands the game better. I mean, he's converted wide receiver to tight end. What are you seeing in his growth? And certainly on the field a lot more in 22 than he was in 21 as he does learn the game better. Yeah, I, you know, I think first of all, look, Juwan's a, a, a guy that embraced the move from wide receiver to tight end. And, and you know, what comes with that is, is really – 
in some ways a different skill set. Um, you know, you have to be able to to block a lot more. You're blocking bigger people than you. Um, you you know, you're running routes from a different spot area on the field, and so he's embraced all that and he's grown uh, over over the last year and a half, two years, and I think we're seeing some of the uh, the benefits of that. In a similar situation, clearly you'd rather have or you'd want Pete Warner out on the field along with Caden Ellis and, and Zach Baum. But with Pete out, it, it is an opportunity for other guys who, uh, you know, to, to show some of their significance on this team. Yeah, I, I think, look, you mentioned Caden and, and he had to step in uh, while Pete's injured and, and he did a really nice job. And it's good to see his growth over the last couple of years and to see him have uh, some success on the field, make some big plays for us. And, and look, that, that's going to bode well for us um, as, as time goes on. Um, and I think Zach Bond did a nice job too as well, you know, coming into the game and getting more snaps than he ordinarily would. When you look, and again, I know this team has, has never uh, relied on an excuse of injuries, and because every team has them, although quite frankly, there are a lot of teams that have, like I looked at Pittsburgh, prior to the, to the game with you guys, and they had had really no change of an offensive starter because of injury all season. So it's not, they had some on defense, but it's not it's not to the magnitude. And so my question really is not about how many, because you can have seven injuries, but they could be kind of scattered, but the injuries to the rooms, injuries to the wide receiver room, the offensive line room, the defensive secondary room, That's is that what's the hardest to overcome? Yeah, I, look, I think anytime you have um, multiple injuries to a, a, a specific position group, um, that becomes more difficult to overcome. It's, it's you know, we, and look, we've had a three three different groups. We've had, you know, we've had the corner situation where, you know, there was games were playing corners four, five, and six. Um, that's difficult to overcome, you know, over a stretch. We've had the receiver position that you mentioned Um and, and look, part of that is, man, you're, you're counting on your quarterbacks and receivers to be on the same page. And, and you do that by playing game after game, practice after practice. And so when, when that gets interrupted, it's more than just, you know, just the player. It's, it's developing that, that synergy, that chemistry between, between quarterback and receiver. Um, and then, look, recently we've had, just had a rash of injuries on the whole line. And, and Look, we rushed for um, you know 15 times for 1.9 yards per carry this week. That, it, look, it's, it's difficult to run the ball in our league, and it's super uh, even more difficult when you've had the number of injuries that we've had on an offensive line, and you're trying to shuffle people around. Um, look, it's not an excuse, but it's 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 just a fact. Um, and so those are the things that you know we've got to find a way to overcome. And the NFL made changes. I'm, I'm asking more about the process, not individual players, because this can be actually, you know, if you look at certain players. But last year in the NFL, if you went on IR, you would miss three games. And so in 2022, they moved it to four games, but you could only have eight activations. You could only bring a guy back. You could only bring him back no more than twice, but eight activations uh, in total. And it just feels like, and completely correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like that's the, that one game is kind of the sweet spot. Like three games, hey, put him on IR. Four games, ah, I don't know, maybe he could be back in four. I mean, so that's just, it feels like that's been a really tougher decision to make. It doesn't look like much on paper, three to four, but it feels like when you're trying to make that call, 
yourself and Coach Allen and the organization that that one game feels like it's made a difference this year. Yeah, um, man, the circumstances are just so different because, you know, remember we had to deal with COVID a year ago. And so there, there were special rules relative to COVID that allowed, you know, unlimited activations, um, you know, for COVID. So there, there was just different, it was, there was just different circumstances a year ago. I do think, look, one thing that we have to keep in mind is, yeah, if you get put on reserve injured, uh, you have to be there at least four weeks. And yet we only have, from the practice squad, we only have three call-ups per player from the practice squad. So if you have, for example, if you have one, one running back on your, on your practice squad and you have a running back that you put on injured reserve for four weeks, you only, you only have that running back from your practice squad for three weeks, not four. And so there's just considerations when you're managing your roster um, and making sure that you have the, the right number of players uh, at each position um, and if yet still give yourself an opportunity to get a guy back. Uh, you know, what you're hopeful is, is that a guy comes back in three weeks right? Uh, and not four. And yet, look, we're never going to put a player out there before they're ready to be uh, uh, ready to be out there. When we come back, the Rams come to town for the first time since that 2019 NFC Championship debacle. More with Mickey Loomis next. You're listening to The Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We are speaking with Saints... Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis as the Rams come to town. Both teams desperate for a victory. I don't know that we could ever talk about the Rams anyway without talking about uh, 2018 this season and 2019. And we we don't speak about it much. That's the first game that you played with the Rams, and that was November. Beat them 45-35. It's always tough to beat a, a team twice in one season, but... Uh, it's been several years. I don't know if I'll, I'll ever get over the NFC Championship game. Like, if you ever see that game or highlights, do you ever do you watch it? Do you not watch it? Do you just like oh, I can't I can't take it. I, I can't look at it. Um, well, I haven't watched it since you know right in the week after that season. But look, we all know what happened. We all know that it was a, a blown call, and and in my mind, it kept us from going to the Super Bowl. So. Look, we had other opportunities to close out the game, so it wasn't like uh, um, it wasn't like uh, uh, we did still didn't have a chance. And yet, uh, I'm pretty certain of what would have happened if if the call would have been made. But you know, that's look, it's happened a long time ago. We've let it go. Um, it's, it'll be something I probably think about when, like everyone else, you know, when I'm when I'm retired and and have a lot of time on my hands. But it doesn't really cross my mind right now. It has been a, a, a crazy season. We talk about this kind of a little bit each week, and I, I, we talk about it almost not tongue-in-cheek, but, not, but because I, I know you guys don't look at it as, as excuses, but sometimes it just feels like like the ball goes right through Jarvis Landry's hands, and it's always into the you know opponent's hands, like perfectly. And then the very next play, Najee Harris puts the ball on the turf, and it feels like, in, you know, in our world, like the ball's just laying there, and it's just – like opportunities are there, but for whatever reason, I mean, the ball's not round; it's it's oblong. It just has not bounced this team's way. I mean, it, it is what it is. Well, you know, I think that gets compounded by by the amount of opportunities, and we just haven't created enough opportunities. Um, whether it's tip balls or forced fumbles, we just haven't created enough for them to bounce our way. Uh, we need to create more of those. Um, 
because when, when you do get your hands on balls, when you do cause fumbles, and you're going to get your share of them. And, and when, you're, when you're not creating enough of those, then it feels like, you know, everything goes against you. And, and uh, we got to make our own. we got to make our own uh, um, opportunities. We can't wait for someone else to just hand us an opportunity. And it feels like I know that sometimes when, like, if you look at golf and you need to make a bunch of birdies and you're trying to press, you make try to make birdies, try to make birdies, kind of like kind of like getting turnovers. That if you sometimes if you press, it might impact your tackling, and you're 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 so focused on stripping the ball, maybe you know there's not a, a, a good enough job of bringing the guy down first, which enables drives to continue. So I would imagine there's it's somewhere in, in the in the middle there of trying to force and dictate turnovers with also good tackling. Yeah, I think, listen, it, it really comes down to you just got to play fundamentally sound football and, and uh, both offensively and defensively and special teams and, and not have lapses. And, and uh, you know, that's, what, that's what's required. That's what good teams do, and, and that's what we've done in the past, and, and that's what we need to do. We are speaking with Jonathan Vilma coming up after this, the former captain, team leader, now broadcasting with Fox Sports. He'll be doing your game on Sunday. When you look at him and you look at like Demario Davis, and you could go through a lot of your kind of linebackers, but talk about Vilma and kind of he was a captain of that 2009 Super Bowl team, led the team in tackles that year. He just seemed like he was such a significant leader during that time. Yeah, look, we were uh, you know we've been fortunate here over the years. We've had great leadership in our locker room, and and look, John Vilma was was one of those guys. He was he's the leader of our defense, much like Breeze was the leader of the offense. And, um, you know, part of that leadership is creating, uh, you know, a, a competition within the team. And, uh, you know, he did a great job of, of doing that. He did a great job of, of uh, um, creating an atmosphere where we expected to win as opposed to hoping to win. Um, along with, you know, his play, the, you know, he looked, he was a good player, a really good player. Um, he made big plays for us, um, and, but he made the players around him better, and, and uh, both both through words and deeds. And, uh, man, just one of, one, of, um, one of our all-time favorite guys, he really is. Um, smart, really smart football player. I always used to kid him and tell him he was going to end up being a coach someday, and I think uh, being in the media and being a commentator is way easier, so it took the easy route. Um, but but uh, he'd be he'd be fantastic coach. He actually, you know, John's just one of those guys that would be fantastic in any endeavor um, that that he chose. Seven games left, still plenty of this season to play for. Good luck on Sunday with with the Rams, and uh, you know, uh, winning doesn't cure all ills, but it certainly is a step in the right direction. Yep, yeah, look, we just got to get one. Uh, and our focus needs to be on the LA Rams, and uh, then we go from there. All right, thank you. Thank you, sir. We'll talk to you soon. Let's pause 10 seconds to let stations identify themselves here on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. When we come back, he'll be part of the Fox broadcasting team for the Saints and Rams on Sunday. Former Saints linebacker Jonathan Vilma is next on the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee New Orleans Saints Radio Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back to the Saints Hour, Mike Austin. We're now joined by former Saints linebacker, captain, and the leading tackler of that 2009 Super Bowl team, now with broadcaster with Fox Sports, Jonathan Vilma, who will be doing the game this Sunday with Kenny Albert. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. So not as well as we'd like to be here in New Orleans, as you well know, but as you look at this team, the Saints team in, in preparation for this game and not what probably anybody wanted, Fox included, Saints included, Rams included, three and seven against three and six. But when you look at this Saints team and preparation, what do you see? I see injuries really taking a toll on the team. Uh, you look at a, a team that still plays very hard. Uh, they try to be physical on the defensive side. <clears throat> try to run the football offensively, uh, but when you don't have uh, the depth and the injuries are, are playing a part and you're going against pro bowlers on either side and the opponent, it makes it hard to sustain a drive or to get the key stop that you need in the game. Um, and I see that really uh, uh, taking its toll when you have a team that, you know, you, you can't afford to have the penalties or make the mistakes. You can't overcome those. That's where the issues lie, and that's where the reason for the record. And as we've talked about, you know, uh, ad nauseum this season, it, it begins with turnovers, at least at least for me. When you, when you talk about a team, the Saints, that have had 19 giveaways, that's the most in the NFL, and seven takeaways, takeaways that's the – second least when your turnover margin is minus 12 and the closest team to you is minus nine like really does it really matter what this next question is i mean that's in a in a, in a nutshell that's kind of the season isn't it i would i would agree the most important stat in football is what you just mentioned uh, the turnover margin and it's because you are either giving more opportunities to the opponent or you are getting more opportunities as a team. And when I talk about opportunities, there's usually you know, 12 to 15 uh, drives for each offense or possessions for each offense. And so good offenses, they'll score on you know, 25% of those possessions or something like that. Well, if you can start to take away these possessions by possessing the football, taking the football away, you literally are limiting their chances to score, upping your chances to win. And when the turnover margin is so drastically against you as it is for the Saints, all that means is you've given your uh, your opponent so many more opportunities than you to put points on the board and win. And, you know, a great example was the Thursday night football game against the Cardinals 
where you have two uh, pick sixes and you see the score of the game at the end. Uh, of course, no one is going to go and, you know, play the moral victory or what if football, you know, what if we didn't have those turnovers. But that that's the reality of it. And we saw it last night, right? Philadelphia, through eight games, had three giveaways. Three. Last night, they had four, and now they're no longer undefeated. That Exactly. And for Philadelphia, they should thank their lucky stars that this happened now and it didn't happen in the playoff game. Because when it happens then, you know, you're one and done, right? There's not a seven-game series like the other sports franchises. So, fortunately for them, they can kind of get that out of their system and then move on through the rest of the season. Because you've been such a I mean, three-time Pro Bowler overall, you know, with first-round draft pick with the Jets, but played, you know, six years here with the Saints. And there's been a lot of emphasis on getting turnovers. And I remember last year in 21, the Saints got two interceptions in the first game, and it kind of just it just built, you know, it kind of had that momentum. But when they didn't get them this year, I'm just talking about interceptions for now. I want to talk about something else next. It's like when you try to force it, it's just like they seem to come in bunches or they don't come in bunches. And it's hard when you kind of start off without getting them to kind of just suddenly get them. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's always been a, a very interesting thing because for us defensively, you know, we, uh, to your point, we don't know when it's coming. So when it does come, we try to take advantage of the opportunity, right? There's sometimes uh, there's a Philadelphia game, right, where they protect the football. You watch it on film all week long. All they do is pr- protect the football. And then all of a sudden they give you these opportunities that the commanders took a, advantage of that as a Saints defense, they would want to take advantage of. So I remember playing, and that was always our thing. It was, we don't want to go outside of the defense. We just want to make sure when the opportunities come that we capitalize on it. And when you do capitalize on it, as you said, it now becomes like a a rhythm, a snowball effect. And all of a sudden, the turnovers start coming. You start snatching the ball out of the running back's hands quarterback is throwing it to you and you have no idea why but you'll take the interception and when that happens it it just the momentum changes it makes for a good team it makes for a good atmosphere and uh, right now you know it's just not there for the Saints defensively and I tried I wanted to kind of keep interceptions and fumbles a little bit separate just because there has been a lot of emphasis on stripping the ball and going after the ball but there seems to be I would assume a fine line of getting that ball and also getting the tackler down because it's kind of led to some bad tackling because you're so, you know, focused on trying to strip the ball. All of a sudden, the guy gets an extra three or four yards. They sustain a drive. It's, I mean, it's got to be a fine line, right? Yeah, so it's very interesting you bring that up because I always view the, the first defender making contact not – securing the tackle and just going for the strip of the football, I've always viewed that as a cop-out because we were always taught first person there, secure the tackle, then let everyone else go and strip for the football. Or if you know that you've secured the tackle, then you strip for the football. And I, I watch it, you know, week in, week out from various teams, not just the Saints, and I feel like it's a cop-out for defenders to tell their rest of their teammates 
hey, oh, sorry, I missed this tackle because I was going for the football. And so, sorry, this guy gained an extra 20 freaking yards because I didn't want to secure the tackle. I just decided to take the easy way out and uh, take a swipe at the football. You know, I, I don't like that at all. And I know that Dennis Allen is not coaching that. I know he's not preaching that. So hopefully the, those first defenders, they understand that you've got to get the tackle first. Get the guy down first. Let everyone else strip. We, you talked about atmosphere a second ago. And, man, you've been in this building. You know I'm in the Superdome right now. Uh, and so you've been in this building. You know what it can feel like. Yet in recent years, it has not really been the dome field advantage that, that we've kind of known and, and expected. They've not won back-to-back -back games here in the Caesar Superdome since since 2020. So kind of getting that atmosphere back and, you know, it's chicken and the egg thing, right? Play some good football and get the crowd. The crowd will be there or get the crowd there to get you guys pumped up. But that dome field advantage, getting that back must be crucial. Yeah, Mike, you know, we always said it's only an advantage if you're winning. And you brought it up. The The advantage comes when you're playing good football. So we, we never relied on the 12th man uh, being the fans in the dome. What we did was we said we're going to make sure that we play as hard as we possibly can. We win as many games as we can so that when opponents do come into our stadium, the noise is there, the atmosphere is there, the energy is there. Like you, you can't expect a fan to go out and just be as crazy and ruckus and wild as possible when you're not beating anybody. The, the fans want to support winners. That's the truth. And so you got to go out and you have to win games first before you're going to have the fans piling in and making that atmosphere there. It's no different than Seattle. They have their 12th man and it was uh, with the Dome, or excuse me, with the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch and all of that crew. Yeah, the 12th man, they were awesome. They were phenomenal. And then all of a sudden, they had a couple off seasons. They weren't winning as much. Then you don't hear about the 12th man anymore. So it's always been win first, create the atmosphere as a team, and then the fans will support you. And, the, you know, we're fortunate in the New Orleans area that you can have those fans support you as such because there's some places where you can still win a lot of games and not have that 12th man be a factor. Fortunately for New Orleans, that's a possibility. You just have to win games again. And more coming up with Fox broadcaster Jonathan Vilma, the former Saints Pro Bowl linebacker. Keep it here. It is the Saints Hour on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We are speaking with former Saints linebacker Jonathan Vilma, part of the Fox broadcasting team that will be here Sunday with Kenny Albert. And you mentioned when well, you were talking about the, the 12th image, you, you mentioned Dome Patrol. And it's funny because that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. And it's kind of the last few weeks around New Orleans. They recognized the Dome Patrol last week. They had the Saints Hall of Fame before that. Fred McAfee, Devery Henderson, Kevin Mangum, Roman Harper's been around. It just feels like induced, and I talk about this sometimes, 
on the broadcast that this is an organization that just welcomes its former players back and its alumni back. And there's been a ton of them the last few weeks just in town talking to the team, you know, invited by Coach uh, Coach Allen to be out there. And that's that it must it's a unique, at least it feels like it's a unique situation, but it's also must be from a former player standpoint very special. Yeah, I would agree to both. It is a unique situation and very special uh, in the sense that you have an NFL uh, machine, right? The players come in, the old uh, funny acronym NFL stands for not for long. And, you know, it's always kind of like business as usual. Next man up and you kind of just have your years there and then go about your business in other uh, teams, other franchises. And with New Orleans, you know, we always said that there was a real connection for the players and the city and that it meant more to the city and to the players when playing and winning games. So it's when you talk about the former players coming back, you know, one, it's no surprise to me because of how we were embraced by the city, how we were embraced by the organization, the franchise, and now noticing that, look, it's not just during the great times that everyone comes back. No, we're, we're part of it even through some of the tough times. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. It is very unique, but I'm very fortunate and lucky to have been a part of such a great organization because I always get welcomed back. I tell everyone it's my second home. Like, I'm never leaving Miami. Don't get me wrong. But if I do leave Miami, it's going to be to live in New Orleans. Now, everybody's definition of turning it around might be different, but do the Saints have the talent to turn it around with seven games left, whatever that definition of turning it around is? Uh, definitely. Uh, it's very interesting when I watch uh, throughout the league, there is a lot of parity among the teams where you may have one or two teams that are just extremely talented, uh, but for the other 30 teams, and I'm not exaggerating at all, Everyone is very, very close as far as talent. And then you couple that with the injuries. Uh, you look at the Rams. They're coming in with a depleted O-line. Uh, quarterback may or may not play. Run game hasn't been there. Uh, their best wide receiver, Cooper Cup, he's probably not going to play. So you start to look, oh, man, the Saints have all these injuries and Michael Thomas isn't going to play. He's out for the year, etc. It's literally the exact same thing on the other side, right? Who's their quarterback? No one knows yet. Maybe a backup. <laughs> Who's the best receiver? Probably not going to be there. So uh, all these games are very, very winnable with the talent. It's about the execution and the focus on the game plan. When you focus on the game plan and you execute it, that's when you start winning games. That's the only way to turn it around. You've been with Fox since 2020, your broadcasting career. You won the Super Bowl. You won a BCS title. But... It feels like, you know, from a broadcasting standpoint, I mean, you really, you didn't skip any steps. You you learned, you moved up, ESPN did some Notre Dame, a ABC, and, and it just feels like that you, you're, it's all paying off now. You did it the right way. You didn't skip steps. You you learned a new a new trade. And I always, there's no huge surprise. I mean, we always knew that this was going to be the route uh, for you. But have you kind of felt that as you've progressed in your career, like to where you are now? Uh, how all those kind of, you know, learning the, this new trade and learning broadcasting is, is paying off? Yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned uh, <clears throat> kind of my road to, to, to getting to Fox. And I always remember during that path, I equated it to football, 
where in high school I had to get the reps at linebacker and start to learn what it is to be a linebacker. I had to uh, get feedback from the coaches, etc. So when I was doing NBC, I would get a lot of feedback. I would ask for it because I treated it no different than my first passion, my first love, which was playing football. And because of that, I was able to get a lot of different perspectives, just like you would as a linebacker. You get different perspectives from different coaches. And then you're, um, I was able to kind of mold uh, those different perspectives into what you see now when I'm on Fox. And, you know, I really appreciated that, as you said, that route, that journey, because uh, there's no other way to do it. If you want to be really good at your craft, whatever craft it is, you have to take the time to put in the effort, receive the feedback, receive the critiques, the, the criticism, and then be able to mold it into whatever it is that you're, you're going to be doing and trying to do it at a high level. So I would not have had it any other way. I, I think it would have been an extreme disservice to have gone straight from uh, playing football, retire, and then to the top of the top. And then when you're at the top of the top, you're like, uh-oh, what do I do? Oh, oh, what do I do now, right? And, you know, Jason Witten, he was a great example. Awesome guy off the field, great to talk with. You love having conversations with him. But when he got into the booth, it was just different. And he didn't have the reps to be able to be successful. And so uh, I was very fortunate that I was always set up for success during this journey. And Fox has been phenomenal to continue putting me in positions to be successful couple of more questions as we're speaking with former Saints linebacker Jonathan Vilma when you look at this NFC South have you have you ever seen I mean I don't I don't I guess people might argue parody I don't know but have you ever seen such a wacky NFL season that we're experiencing here no you know you you don't expect the kind of uh uh household names right the Tom Brady's of the world to struggle right you expect that they're going to have their team kind of in line and, and they're going to win a lot of games and then everyone is going to be playing catch-up in the NFC South to Brady. And then you kind of look and then you don't expect that you have, uh, what, two first-round quarterbacks uh, on the Panthers. Both of them are not starting. Sam Darnold, uh, Baker Mayfield. You have a guy that played in the XFL actually starting uh, for them and P.J. Walker. And then, you know, you look at, Atlanta, you bring back a first-round draft pick. He's kind of been playing well up and down. Uh, you know, it's very interesting. And, of course, with the Saints, you have Jameis Winston hoping that he would play well. It hasn't really come to fruition just yet. Hopefully he starts to bounce back if he gets the opportunity. So I look at, and I purposely mentioned the quarterback, because it all starts there. And then the rest of the team, as I said, kind of falls in line with good defense, good run game, etc. Uh, other thing I've noticed is that offensive line is so valuable. It doesn't get mentioned enough, but the offensive line for a lot of these teams, when you go through the, the Bucks depleted offensive line, that's why they can't run the ball. That's why they struggle. Saints, depleted offensive line, that's why they can't run the ball. That's why they struggle. Carolina, same thing. Atlanta has a good run game, uh, but again, the quarterback is kind of hot and cold. And so when I look at that, I say, wow, you know, it's really interesting how you get these teams with the emphasis is always going to be the quarterback and how that position is being played. But there has been kind of a lost emphasis 
on the need for the offensive line because you have to be able to protect, at a minimum, protect and run the ball decent. And when you can't do that, you see all four teams struggle. You're the son of Haitian immigrant parents, and in 2010 you started the Jonathan Velma Foundation to kind of help rebuild Haiti after the earthquake. You've always wanted to give back. It's always been an important part of your life, I'm sure, from your parents. Uh, it, what, what, what kind of work are you doing in that, in that realm now with the foundation? So it's still going very well. My work has always been in <clears throat> building schools and making sure that in the schools, the kids don't have a need for anything in the sense of lunches, breakfast and lunch is there for them. Transportation is provided. You have computers. They can see the Internet. They can now see outside of just what Haiti has to offer and then also teaching them in French, which is a universal language, as opposed to Creole, which is native to Haiti, but it's not used throughout the, throughout the world. So. Uh, that has been going well, um, up to three schools now, and uh, just, again, been fortunate that there are some people who are just as passionate as I am to see the younger generation come up and have an opportunity to not just be in Haiti with success, but also travel throughout the world. Well, we hope Sunday's game is a good one. Saints 3-7, and seven, Rams 3-6. and six. Of course, this will be the first game back here since that NFC Championship debacle, but we won't even – we won't go there for – for many reasons, because I get too upset when I start talking about it. But I look forward to seeing you and uh, continued success in, in your Fox broadcasting career. Oh, thanks, Mike. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. My thanks to Saints Executive Vice President and General Manager Mickey Loomis, as well as former Saints linebacker Jonathan Vilma. Saints and the Rams on Sunday. Hope you'll listen to us here on the Community Coffee, New Orleans Saints Radio Network. Good night, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 